What up, what up, what up, boys and girls? Welcome to episode number six of Austi's Overtime. Uh, today's gonna be a really exciting day for myself alone, but hopefully for you guys because we got our first interview of the podcast. Um, I interviewed one of my current teammates, uh, Canadian boy, um, played college hockey um, in the United States for Alaska Anchorage, um, Curtis Lineweber. Um, and it was a good time. It, it was one of those things where you, you go into it at first not knowing exactly what you're going to get out of it, but in the end, all it was was just two boys shooting the shit. Uh, I mean, obviously, I had some questions asked that I wanted him to answer, but other than that, it was just me listening to his story, me listening to uh, what he had to offer, and it, it was a lot of fun. So thanks, Curtis, for doing that, uh, and hopefully you guys enjoy that interview later on. Boy, oh, boy, it's getting cold here in Dagendorf, Germany, real cold, and it's dropping off quick. Um, the little little puppy, Millie, can't uh, withstand being outside too long because, I don't know, she's a little softy, just like her old man. Uh, and it's getting close to that uh, Halloween time. A lot of people like Halloween. Some don't. Scary aspect of it. I love Halloween. I think it's a cool time in the year. I think I think um, for a lot of people, they think it's stupid that we have all these holidays to celebrate. But I think it's something cool for everyone to always... There's always something uh, to look forward to. And that's why I enjoy holidays so much. Um, but Christmas is my favorite, obviously. Uh, but I think Halloween's a cool one. Um thinking about Halloween I'm just trying to think of what my best costume was when I was a kid I think you probably have to just go with the cliche answer of a hockey player like you wore a hockey jersey maybe some gloves and then you put a give yourself a little black eye Uh, yeah that's probably whatever when we were kids um, the most efficient way to get candy um, I mean as quickly as possible is we'd all, all put on our rollerblades and rollerblade house to house, and we were just passing everybody else. Um, <laughs> so we probably got double the amount of candy that some other kids got. And, you know, it was, it was so fun. It was just a group of us, uh, usually the hockey boys, um, and we'd roll, rollerblade around. Our parents trusted us enough, surprisingly. Um, but that was a lot of fun. And I can't remember what at what point in our lives that we figured it out, but if you always went to the... The more wealthier neighborhoods, they seem to have the full-size candy bars, or some they give out some like cans of Coke, uh, Coke or Mountain Dew, and and instead of giving out the little pieces of candy, um, so we we figured it out pretty quick that we'd go to the wealthier, richer neighborhoods so we could get the bigger candies, the bigger gifts, um, and wearing rollerblades buzzing around. Um, Another thing about just uh, the month of October, like I said before, I'm a huge cookie guy. Love cookies. Uh, usually around this time, they have one of my favorite cookies. It's just a, it's a normal plain sugar cookie. Um, I think it, it, it's only in the United States, though. Sorry for all you European fans, but it uh, they have either a picture of a pumpkin on it or a ghost on it. But the sugar cookies are. Um, they're so good. It's it's such a simple cookie, but they taste so good right out of the oven, and um, it's one of those things that you can't really describe. Uh, uh, la- last little 
quick little story I got just before we start going uh, into some NHL recaps of what's going on around that league. Uh, the other night, <clears throat> the, the lady went to bed and it was Millie and I uh, chilling up watching some uh, TV before uh, I usually come in a little bit later. Um, and it was, uh, you know, just relaxing, watching TV. And then all of a sudden, I just got the worst smell. And right away, I knew Millie farted. But I, I didn't understand. I don't understand how such a small little dog can produce such a massive quantity of a fart that stinks that bad. It honestly smelled like a dead carcass. I had to open up the window a little bit to just strain out um, the air because it was that bad. And I, I, I mean, I, I can stink up a room pretty easily, but Millie, geez, she could clear the the entire country of Germany with that one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how she did it, but um, yeah. So. Uh, now we'll just get into a little bit of what's going on in the NHL. Um, I love to talk about the NHL. I've been watching highlights, been watching the games. I, I like to try to predict um, what's going to happen during the season, uh, this and that. And um, First and foremost, like I said last week, Asti Boy is on fire, calling that the New Jersey Devils are not going to have it this year. They continue to struggle. Still haven't won. Their penalty kill is only at 57%, which I think is second last in the league. Um, it, it's it's at that point they might have to th- consider a coaching change as much as you can't blame. Uh, people do blame stuff on coaches, but you can't always blame it on the coach. So I think they might have to do a, do, do a coaching change. Um, I've seen around a little bit that uh, they might be doing some kind of trades. Um I think one of the big things for them is they need a solid goaltender that uh, they can trust night in and night out. And so far, Corey Schneider, I mean, he's had his flashes and so has that Blackwood. But you need somebody that, you you know, you're going to show up on a consistent basis night after night. And right now they don't have it. Another team that's struggling um, continually right now is Dallas. And I had Dallas um, being a really good team this year, so... Thanks for that, Dallas. Um, showing showing everybody that I'm not as smart as I thought. But they're for for um, for them. I think they just need to um, put the pieces to the puzzle together. They have everything in the room. They have everything from goaltending to defense to uh, forwards. Um, they just need to figure out what the what they're doing wrong. Maybe play a simpler game to start with. Um, try find that chemistry within the lineup, and then go from there. I mean. Hell, their power play is only at 4%. And for a team with that amount of skill with Klingberg, Sagan, Ben, Radulov, Perry, Pavelski, uh, Heiskin, and um, Rupe Hins, I mean, all these guys, like, and their power play percent is only at 4 4% power play. That's terrible. Terrible. A good power play uh, percentage usually is considered, like, around 20%. So to be at 4 uh, that's not it with the amount that they have too. It's it's not good to see. So hopefully they can turn it around for my sake because I, I want them to have a successful season and I want them to actually make it make it pretty far this year because uh, I think it would be fun to watch them and, uh, and definitely I think they have a cool uh, playoff atmosphere. 
Another team that continues to struggle is um, Arizona. Mainly Phil Kessel. For a guy that they're paying a shit ton of money for, guy still hasn't scored, and that's what he's known for doing, is scoring goals. So Filthy Phil and uh, the Oats. Um, hopefully you guys can figure it out. Their power play percentage is, uh, I think, dead last in the league too. It's not, it's not looking good, boys. Not looking good over there for Biz Nasty. Moving on, uh, Pittsburgh. My boy Johns got his first uh, first NHL goal. Not a big deal. That's that's what you call the little Osti ass tap. Talked about it next night or that night. That night he scored. So, congrats, Johns. Fucking right. So he's he's staying up there with the little injuries and he's playing good. So good for them. Pitt had two back to back seven goal games. That's that's crazy to put up seven back to back nights. I mean, obviously they have the talent. But uh, the teams that they're playing are just not uh, showing up to the rink. Boston continues to be nasty. Pasta had a four-goal night. Um, their their power play is it's it's almost as good as Washington. But what um, for them what sets me um, apart from every other team is the way they can pass through sticks, through skates, through the box. That no other team can do, and if you look at their power play, a lot of times they have that quick pass uh, through the box and a quick shot, and it's either Pasternak or um, Marshawn usually. But uh, I think it, it all starts with a good um, top defenseman in Tory Krug, who knows how to bait the top um, wingers to one way or the other to provide space on the for those flanks in Marshawn and Pasternak, and then um, you have DeBrusk in front of the net and. Bergeron usually playing a little bumper in the middle, and he's really good at it. He's, just, if not good at, as good as TJ Oshie, um, but he's still really good at that spot on the power play. Uh, moving on, Edmonton, staying hot. James Neal's gotten now eight goals in six games. He already beat uh, how many goals he had last year? Uh, seven. Um, McDavid. <laughs> Are you guys watching? If you guys are watching, whole oh man, just watch McDavid and Drysaddle. Drysaddle, German, German boy, for all you German fans. But uh, McDavid, oh my God, I I don't understand how that guy has so much uh, his quickness from in the neutral zone, from blue line to blue line. It just he separates himself so much better than everybody else, and it's I don't get it. Um, Buffalo. Uh, they're doing okay. They're they're yeah they're pretty much on a hot start from winning wise. Um, their defensemen look great. I think that's what's separating them is great D and a good fourth line. That it seems like they've found a good um, balance between first line and fourth line that are that are getting attribution and contribution contribute. Oh my God, Kyle. Um, yeah, they're getting what they need out of everybody in the lineup. I'll say that. What am I trying to do? Speaking big language or big words. Um, just a few quick little things. There's four teams that have a zero power play percentage, so which means they haven't scored once on the power play. And I said it a little bit earlier. Arizona hasn't scored. Ottawa hasn't scored. Anaheim hasn't scored. And not a surprise, New Jersey hasn't scored on the power play. Four teams in the NHL that haven't scored in the power play. Granted, they might not have had that many power play opportunities, but still not to even get a one. 
with the amount of skill you have on, especially on New Jersey. Um, figure it out, boys. Figure it out. Um, and just to clarify, um, I'm recording this podcast around Wednesday night. So uh, if if uh, if I don't take in consideration of the go- uh, the games that happen Wednesday night and Thursday, because um, this episode will drop Friday. So not all the facts here are up to date when this episode drops. This is just what I'm saying it. Um, LA's got the worst PK in the NHL with 36%. So uh, maybe block some shots, boys, hey? How quick, quick you see the puck in front of the net. Um, and then Carolina and Detroit are off, off to great starts as well. Um, more so Detroit, I think, is... Um, opening up some eyes with the way they've gotten off and uh, I mean Mantha's playing really good that Mantha Larkin and uh, Bertuzzi line is pretty good Bertuzzi plays that little gritty thing gritty gritty guy not a rat but plays hard plays right Um, then you got Mantha who's nasty and Larkin's such a good skater Larkin is one of those guys that he was two years behind me when we were at the uh, USA team and I thought like he was a good skater good player but I did not expect him to take fire the way he did um, that first year when he went to Michigan he just took off and then continued to, to the NHL I didn't think he was going to be that high of a caliber player and to be honest and uh, happy for him and good for him for showing uh, what he can do and ex- at the highest level possible but i just i just would have never expected that he's one of those diamond in the roughs kind of guys well ladies and gentlemen it is time i want to thank curtis again once again for doing this it's takes a lot of balls and well curtis has he has the balls that's for sure so uh yeah with that being said uh hope hope you all can enjoy this interview with curtis line rubber um get to know a little bit about him and um, his path from being a Canadian to going to the United States and now coming over here in um, in Europe. And then at the end, there's just a couple fun questions. So enjoy this interview. Thanks, Adam. Well, holy shit, um, it's my first time, first interview, and I'm excited to be bringing on uh, a teammate of mine currently, Curtis Lineweber, born from Calgary, played juniors throughout uh, the AJHL, went to college hockey, even though he's Canadian, and now, fuck, what season are you on in of pro hockey? Eight. 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 It's wow. my eighth year. Time flies, eh? Hey? You're having fun. Way too fast way too fast but it's too much fun did you ever did you ever start in the united states or did you come over did nope. you have the pond right away uh i tried it was a lockout year i graduated in 2012 from anchorage okay. and um i had a tryout in uh utah in salt lake and uh played two exhibition games fortunately didn't go well got let go in the middle of the morning <laughs> and then uh, i hung around there for a week open a latch onto a team but it was just a log jam with everything going on yeah. 
And then I ended up uh, driving home. And it took about another month and a bit before I got an opportunity to go to the UK. Uh, almost found a job. And then I came down about the wire and then I, pop, I popped on over. That's the worst having to wait, hey? Oh, it's awful. Or just like... That's nervous. You don't know what's going to happen. Right. You know, you, you're sitting there in limbo. You don't, you don't have a clue. Right. So it's, it's not a fun position to be in. But now it's all good. And this is number four season in Dagenorf? Yeah, this is the fourth, uh, fourth season here in Dagenorf. Uh, been lucky enough that they want to keep me around. So <laughs> You should see the amount of 11 jerseys that are in the, uh, the, the seats every night. Yeah, I think they run out of the other ones. But <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very generous of them. All right, well, as, as a Canadian, the first question I usually always have, um, whether you're Canadian and playing college hockey is, um, A, how did you understand what college hockey is? Um, North American Division One NCAA, um, mm-hmm. and why did you choose it? Uh, my uh, I have an older cousin. He's four, four almost five years older than me. He played um, AJ. Um, that's a Alberta Alberta Junior, junior Hockey, hockey League. Yep, sorry. So he played. In no, the that's Alberta good. League. I was just. Yeah, uh, he played in Olds, just north of uh, Calgary, and uh, he ended up getting a scholarship to Bowling Green, and I kind of uh, followed in his footsteps with hockey and lacrosse, growing up playing and. My uh, uh, my dad had made it very apparent that uh, school is something that I had to uh, not necessarily always like, but you have to right. understand it's very important to be educated. Yeah. And um, with the opportunity that college presented, uh, he and I had discussions when I was younger, and it would be a, probably the best route. And as a smaller guy, let's be honest, um, it's not always easy to play in that dub. It's 100%. A, it's a great league. I mean, uh, look at all the players that come out of there and gone and play in the NHL, right. world class. Um, and I don't think I had the opportunity when I was younger because I wasn't you know, good enough or uh, didn't get the chance. But, it, you know, definitely those guys are so good that, you know, as a late bloomer maybe, that college is a better route. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of how I found out. My, my uh, cousin went there and, and my, uh, my dad knew a couple guys that played in the University of Calgary. Okay. And they understood that there was college hockey down south. So right. It kind of was uh, presented to me when I was younger. Okay. So it was it was good. I was 13, 13, 14 by the time I started figuring out college hockey in the U.S. was. That's pretty. That's pretty young. Yeah. I feel like uh, nowadays kids are finding out about North American college hockey more and more as a Canadian. Yeah. And there's more kids coming down. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think with. Uh, the awareness, and I mean, obviously now we've got social media everywhere. You can look at anything you want. Everywhere. everywhere on your phone. I mean, we walk around the city here or in town, anywhere. Everybody's got their phone out. So it's so easy to find out. And the, the hockey world, as we know, is so tiny. I mean, you, know, you yourself went to school with one of my best buddies. And, and I know guys that have gone there. And one of them, you know, and he's a legend there. And, and Duluth is playing in Straubing, not far from here. Yeah. Uh, Mike Connolly. So, I mean, you got the hockey world is so tiny that when you got one guy go, they come back, they tell their buddies and, you know, it kind of just spreads through, through the world like wildfire. Right. So. And college hockey is fucking awesome. That's unbelievable. Might've been one of the best times of my life. <laughs> Regardless I, of how, how good it goes, how bad it goes on the ice. I mean, the life experience and fun is just, you can't even measure it. There, there's a lot of people that I don't think understand the fact that how, uh, the brotherhood you get from being in college is so much closer than anything other, um, any, any other league or, or yeah, level, I, even I, like pro just to, because you're most of the time you're with guys for at least two years most of the time, but then you have your own classmates for your four years. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, you're right. Like uh, 
you get to to go every day, be every day with these guys. I mean, uh, a couple. I mean, I don't. We don't talk as much anymore. But if I see them, it's like I never left. Uh, right. And um, we had uh, there was there was three of us that actually graduated originally together. Uh, Jay Portwood, Dusan Sador, and myself. And yeah, although we don't see each other very much, I think Porty uh, Porty's a fireman uh, back in Canada, and Deuce is still trying to play um, play around in, in Europe. He's a Slovak Italian kid. Speaks eleven languages, I think. Yeah, Slovak uh, Italian kid that yeah, went to Alaska. Yeah, he played. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> Talk guy, about a story. Seriously, that guy's something else. Um, but uh, I mean, if we talk right now, it's like we never left. And like you said, it's a brotherhood. It's weird. Uh, you spend so much time together. You 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 go through the grind of college hockey, and if you never played college hockey, it's hard to explain unless mm-hmm. you've been there. Um, and you spend every day like I went to we did the same major all three of us we ended up being in most of the classes together so you you know you're every day with each other it's that brotherhood or that that um, camaraderie that's hard to uh, hard to describe unless you've been in it right but uh, it's something you never want to trade in for the world never would even even if you don't get along with some guys it's it's still it's different yeah 100% different you never get along with everybody but you can live you can live and understand that it's it's a team and you got to yeah. support one another. Right. I like that. And it's, it's unbelievable. So as a Canadian, he went to Alaska Anchorage for college. That's the bum fucking nowhere. Basically, <laughs> even though Alaska is a very beautiful state, there's basically nothing. So just tell me how a first off, how you got there, why you got there. And second, what it was like in Alaska. All right. Um, no, you're right. I mean, uh, Alaska is in the middle of, nowhere as you like to say it's 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 north um by car it took me 36 hours to drive Jeez, uh, go by, you, i drove with my my uh, roommate Porter. okay he drove up I was with say me. 36 and that poor guy had to drive from medicine hat to calgary which is like three hour drive Ugh. got dropped off in the morning by his old man his pops and then him and i took off to the grand prairie which was excuse me only nine hours eight and a half hours so he was already in there for 11 and a half the first day did you guys hotel it? We, uh, um, no, what we did is... Butt to nut in the backseat? No, it was none of that. <laughs> Contemplated a few times. We were like, do we stop? Uh, but we, he had family up uh, by GP, my grandparents there, uh, they're farmers, so they let us stay the night there. Okay. Um, and then we got up at the crack of dawn at five in the morning and headed on out, drove up uh, to Whitehorse, to the old horse, and stayed with our captain, Jared Tootin at the time. Oh, he wasn't a captain. Yeah, he was our captain. Excuse me, he was. Uh, so Toots was there. He let us stay there with his, with his family, which was awesome. And then we drove from there straight to Anchorage. Got in and stayed with our equipment manager because we didn't have a house yet. Come on. <laughs> While we were stupid. We were going to live with some other guy, uh, some other skiers, and that didn't work out. And um, so we were scrambling to find a place. So we had just, we shacked up with our P, uh, P.D. Robinson, our, our equipment manager, That's for awful. a week until we found a place. <laughs> and then we ended up living with Luca Vidmar, um, a guy who's a year older than us. Okay. Still in touch with, uh, to this day, he lives, he's a Slovenian guy. Oh. Uh, played for Team Slovenia. Oh, yeah? Nice. Um, was my D partner at one point. And um, we stayed there for a week until we found a, a three-bedroom place with us, with Vito. So it was interesting, but... Jeez. Yeah, it was it was it was good. I don't know that whole story. Yeah, there's a there's a lot going on there. But. So, um, getting getting scouted. Yep. Um, was it Alaska? You said earlier Alaska was really the only college. Yeah, the only one that really talked. A couple talk. You know, they always is they're there and they, yep. they say hi, how you doing, whatever. And um, 
one had offered to send a send a package, which was very nice and offer. Um, but I didn't I didn't receive the package for about oh god I don't even know a couple of weeks three four four weeks almost three four weeks after they sent said yeah they after sent they me. said they talked to me and they sent me a package and stuff so it was blowing smoke it sounded like that but I mean you know how it is and then the post is not always on time so I'm not yeah. gonna say they didn't mean to because yeah. they did I did get the package um, but what it worked out to is um, I had talked to Anchorage once uh, at a practice of ours actually uh, Campbell Blair and uh, and. Um, uh, the other assistant coach at the time, I cannot remember his name for life of me. That was 10, 12, 12 years ago. Uh, I can see his face. David Witten. Uh, there you go. Um, they were there. They talked to me. And then uh, they did send a package. And then I uh, didn't hear anything for a little while, but you know how it is. And then I got a phone call from uh, Dave Shack, the head coach at the time. And he was interested. And um, we had corresponded a couple times at they would be interested in would I be interested in coming to Anchorage, Alaska and with it being in the WCHA at the time, the old WCHA. That was a good league. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I can't speak to the new leagues now. I mean, they're, they're look at, I mean, you look at these leagues and they're still unbelievable. Yeah. The teams that are there, but. Uh, well, the league I played in is stupid. The NCHA. <laughs> yeah. It's so many good players. Yeah, it's not good even. teams. Yeah, yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. Like it's so when, when I got that opportunity, I had talked with a friend of mine uh, who, who had a scholarship already at the time to North Dakota. And he's like, well, you'll be playing against me. So that's a good thing. Right. But you're not going to, he's a goalie. So he's like, you're not going to score. But it'd be a good thing. Um, <laughs> classic goalie. Classic guy. Uh, a little cocky. I love it. But, uh, you know, he made it clear that the WCHA at the time was, it was a league that you wanted to be in if you could. Mm-hmm. And um, the opportunity was there. And, and it was something that made sense for me uh, based on uh, um, scholarship opportunity. And so, um I talked to my parents, my old man, and uh, we made them made the decision. Well, I made the decision. He made me make the decision to go, and it's up to me. And I, so I did. I decided to go, and I thought, you know what, Alaska? Why not? Right. Thought of Mystery Alaska. <laughs> great movie. Great movie. Though. Great flick. Great flick. John Beebe oh, on the back end. That's you. Well, we'll see. <laughs> so when you uh, you obviously went to Alaska, what was the most difficult part from leaving home and going to? Living in Alaska, which is like we said in the, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Uh, yeah, the, you know, the difficult thing with leaving was the good thing for me. I was when I would play in the AJ, I was only about 35 minutes, 40 minutes from home. Okay, so I was away, but I wasn't away. Yeah, uh, when I was in Alaska, as you know, it was a 36 hour drive. It's not a bad flight, it's about five and a half hours, Seattle or Vancouver and up. But when you're up there, you don't have mom and dad to call when you're, you know, you something goes wrong, right. You got to learn real fast. You're, you're on you're your own. On your own. You're, you're on your own with the boys. Yeah, yeah, you got the, the boys. Yeah. So you forget about. It. I don't think I, this sounds really bad. Uh, I don't think I called my parents after the first week. I talked to them a bit because they sent me over the phone and unbelievable phone plans in America, by the way. Yeah. Best in the world. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. But uh, I don't think I called my parents for like a week because I was having so much fun just trying to figure out life, learn what college is all about. Um, but the biggest thing for us, for me, that was the struggle. Not being away from my family because I got to talk to him with with a Skype at the time on the, on yeah, the laptop. Yeah, that's and huge. It's massive. That was massive. My mom was big about that because she could actually see me. Curtis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my my cousin didn't have it. We were e- it was email when he was in Bowling Green. It was email back and forth. It was once every month or something. We email. <laughs> um, but the tough thing was after the first the you know, bit of fall and everything in August September when that winter comes in. Now winter in Anchorage is not bad. It's pretty mild, but the snow was high. We had a lot of snow, but it's the darkness that gets you. 
Yeah. The first year is really cool. But after that, it's like there's a lot of darkness. What do you spend most of your time doing? Because, I mean, you, you can't go outside, really. I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough. Like, so what we, like, we, we plan our schedule as priorities for, excuse me, athletes is you get the first choice on classes. Yep, yep. Same, same as you. Yeah. yeah, same with the loop. So you could pick around your, your training schedule, mm-hmm. your classes and everything like that. So we, and, it, you know, we're lazy. Well, we're not lazy. We don't want to say we're lazy, but we're lazy. We want to sleep in a bit if we can off. Yeah, so. Who doesn't, right? Yeah, seriously. So we'd have a class at like, I uh, say, 10 would be the first class if you could if you could make your schedule work. Mm-hmm. So 10 o'clock, you know, till 11.15, and 11.30, start your next class till 12.45. Then you go from there, you go to lunch, grab a quick lunch, and then you go, go to the room, and optional ice is at 1 if you didn't have a class until 12.45, right. which if you didn't have a class, you're on the ice. Yeah, yeah. After that, you go skate for a couple hours with the team. You'd be out of there by 4.45, 5, off the ice. Go to your next class. If you had a class in the evening, it's a 5.30 or whatever, 7, maybe. Right. Our class I had my first year was at 7 till 9.45 once a week. <sighs> Miserable. Those are tough just to get motivated. Oh, my the worst Monday of my life. Every Monday was <laughs> terrible. So that was uh, that was a day. And there'd be days where you'd sleep till 9.30, get up, go have some quick breakfast at the commons. And then walk to class and the sun would just be kind of, you know, peeking up or be kind of dull with cloud. Right. You go to class, you're in there for two hours. You walk through the spine, which was a long corridor that ran from one down to the other. Sun would be out maybe, or maybe it's snowing, who knows. Yeah. Go to practice, come out of practice. If you didn't have class, you get out at five o'clock. Well, the sun's already down. So there'd be days, there'd be days on end you barely got to see much light. Right. Other than the stadium lights or exactly lights, right? exactly but that's tough it was tough but i mean you know what it was it was gorgeous and sometimes i.e the beauty of it is just i'll never forget when when you see the first snowfall in alaska like a real snowfall and the like the, the street lights hit it right it's unbelievable yeah so gorgeous that's cool i love that i don't think people understand how hard it is sometimes to be a student athlete like you're saying you wake up class 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 practice then either have to go to class and then study. on top of that yeah you have to study and you have yeah. to maintain a gpa that's acceptable yeah right that's what i mentioned on a couple of my earlier podcasts too, that nah, you're it, right. it's, it's, a, it's a pretty tough but it's fun it's definitely worth it in the, oh, in the long run it is and you know what that, that you, when you hit it on your early podcast you're absolutely right like people if you've never done it a student athlete uh um you don't really get the full appreciation for how hard it is now nothing against this is nothing against and a non-knock against students that have to work two jobs and, oh, 100% because I mean I'll go, I, 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 my hat goes off to you guys I don't know how you do it because we barely I barely survive this with hockey in school yeah, and um, we get paid for it yeah exactly we're very, for it, yeah, yeah. we're very very lucky that yeah. way and, and, and you know we're very very lucky and when you have to add in work I don't know how you guys did it but uh, it's not easy because you know they have the stress of every week you got I'm battling with three other guys for my position 100%. And if I don't play, I guess what? I don't have a chance maybe to get to the next level because that's our goal. Yeah. Most guys' goal, not every guy, but yeah. most guys' goal when they get to the NCAA is, okay, well, I got this far. Why not go further? Right. So you're battling with some guy and he might be your best buddy, but at the end of the day, he's trying to take your job, you're trying to take his. Right. Then you got that pressure of getting in the lineup mm-hmm. on top of the pressure of passing every class with at least a C because C's <laughs> get degrees. Get degrees. <laughs> they, get, they get a lot of degrees. Um, and, uh, you know, you have to maintain that GPA and you got pressure as, as much as they uh, maybe don't want to admit it. Coaches and it, uh, the academic advisors there, they want you to get B's or higher because yeah. it looks good on them because oh, they recruited a guy who can go to school. And, you know, they don't understand. They understand you're not going to get an A and B in every class, but yeah. a decent average. Right. 
So you got that pressure and you got self pressure because you want to do all you want yeah. to you want to prove that you're not a complete idiot. Yeah. I mean we're stupid, we play hockey, let's be <laughs> honest here. But we love it. I mean and and uh, when you can do both it it's kind of uh, it's a feather in your cap and and it's not easy. Uh, but you know the junior road is not easy either. It's right. very tough. They eighty or seventy two games on the road, like that's so hard to do. And be be motivated for seventy two games. Like these guys who play in that league, I don't know how they do it either. No. On the bus and flying or no. whatever they do, but crazy yeah it's i mean and they're student athletes as well in the doubt they gotta go to high school or some of them take other you know other uh university classes because yeah, they might go to the uh, they might go to cis yeah. or maybe they go pro yeah. like it's just it's something that unless you've been in it you really can't get a full grasp of it you get a taste but right it's it's not not easy right so now just jumping into your pro career a little bit you spent some time in england yeah um then went to Denmark for a year and then yep. went back to England. But now you've been in Germany for the last four years. <laughs> it's the fourth year. Yeah. So uh, I guess, what what is it about Germany that you love so much and why do you keep coming back? Uh, you know what? I, for some reason, I when I was younger, my German name might help a bit. Oh, yeah. Langweber. Langweber, yeah. It might help a little bit. It's uh, kind of weird, do they say? Uh, ancestral or your, your whatever's going on in your head wherever you're from sometimes it clicks wherever you go mm-hmm. or if you're in a certain spot um, I, I don't know it's just it's such a beautiful place here in Bavaria Germany itself is beautiful I've been to Berlin a couple times I see, see my friend up there and uh, we went to Würzburg, uh, Würzburg with uh, an old teammate of mine that was gorgeous there but uh, it's just the people here are really nice the, the, the scenery is incredible um it's hard to it's hard to pass up our as you know now our fans. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous, un, un, unbelievable. Uh, how do you leave that? It's it's yeah, so right. hard. Like it's not that you want to, but it, to leave it would be would be extremely hard. Yeah. Um, and you know what? It's just it's just a beautiful place to be. Uh, it's it's like it feels like it feels like home, uh, and it's just somewhere that uh, no matter what. You can look out your window and your day could be bad, but it's all of a sudden great. You're in, you're in Germany. Right. It's awesome. You're in Europe. As an importance. As an importance. It's pretty cool. It's pretty sweet. What do you like so much about the hockey here in Germany compared to maybe Denmark or England? Or I guess, what, why why are you stuck around? Ah, uh, that's Just a good question. Just the hockey-wise. That's know. a good question. Um, I would say the British League there in England and the UK is, it's good hockey. I mean, they got 14 imports now. When yeah. I played really at uh, 11 and then 12, my second year when I came back after a year in Denmark. And uh, it's a different league. Like, there's a lot of North Americans over there. So they play more more physical, more, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they, they play on big ice for the most part. They have some small ice, but, you know, Olympic size ice. Yep. And so it's not as physical on those rings, but sometimes it can be, which is nothing wrong with. Right. But, uh, and it's fun. But the idea here is more, is what I found yeah, so far is it's, it's, more wide open and I'm I'm a guy who likes to play more wide open. I can try and play in that corner, but if I got I got a big boy coming at me, it's gonna be tough. Like I got Dougie Clarkson coming in. I played with him for a year in uh, Dundee. Okay, six four, two two twenty. Like if he gets me, I'm dead. Yeah. I mean it could be quicker, but the odd time. If he gets any yeah, any, any, any view it's I'm in I'm in trouble. Yeah. So I mean and nothing that's wrong with that, but um, here it's a little more wide open you get more be a, ability to be creative and you yourself as a small guy with lots of speed mm-hmm. it's easy to, to have that creativity come out over here right. and, and it's not so much not that it's so much fighting in those leagues but there's not so much physicality with, with regards to 
you know, beat each other up kind of thing. It, Whoever's tougher is going to come Yeah, and not that, they, not that the British League is like that, but there, there's games in every league, but they just, it's literally like it's a war. Right. Sometimes over here more, it's more possession stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is and, and which is huge. Guys like us, yeah. guys like us we, we thrive on that. Like, yeah. We love the puck. We yeah. have the puck. Let's, let's slow the game down, try and do what we can. Right. So, right. Yeah, I, I just think that the game is over here, is, it's just uh, it's a bit more of like football. Possession, possession. Mm-hmm. Hold the puck. Right. Make plays. Right. So, I mean, that's why I've, so far I've enjoyed it. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, getting into, we'll just get a little bit into your personal life a little bit. Ooh. Just um, a couple of role models you looked up to when you're growing up. Um, one being an NHL or a hockey player mm-hmm. or, and then one not being an NHL player or right. athlete. Perfect. Um, non-athlete would be my father. My dad is uh, someone I've always looked up to. Um, he's just always uh, so as, as hard as you can be on me. It's for the better, and he's really well, 100%. helped me. My, my old man was the same way. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I feel like that's helped me on the path I've been on, and, and you know, learned so much from from that, and something you'll never ever forget, right. uh, regardless of how much you agree or disagree at the time. Uh, Sometimes be, you don't appreciate it until after the until fact. Until after right? the fact, you realize you're like, oh, okay, that's why. You know. <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right, I understand. I won't, uh, I won't be too mad. But uh, yeah, my father is definitely the one uh, off ice um, every day. Been there. And, and on ice, uh, I never got to see. I mean, it's tough because uh, guys will cheer me about it. But my, my father, being my off ice idol, told me about when I was growing up, a guy called, as everybody knows, Bobby Orr. He's greatest, probably the greatest player to ever play. 100%. And uh, I I had a videotape of him, and it's called the uh, Best of Bobby Orr, and I wore out the VHS of it because I watched it so many times. <laughs> and just the stuff he could do with the air, like, just, it doesn't matter. The guy was just ridiculous. Such a good skater. Oh, my God. With leather boots, they were shoes with, a, <laughs> with the holder mounted on the bottom. And to be able to do three sixties pirouettes around guy, it just blew your mind. Right. Like how in the how in the hell do you skate like that? Yeah. Not even today's stuff, he'd be ridiculous. Wouldn't he be fair? Imagine with the, oh, would, the go to the nice equipment oh and God, all the technology we have. It wouldn't be fair. I mean, he'd be he's off the charts. Uh, he's he's just so ridiculous on every level. For me, he was uh, watching his videos and, and and you know the googling on YouTube and. And finding all these clips of him was was something that I just couldn't stop watching. I mean, you got other guys, the, the greats. I mean, Wayne Gretzky, obviously, Gordy Howe. You can list on Steve Eisman, yeah. Mew, Joe Sackett, Peter Horsberg, all these guys. Right. Again, was a big guy because I grew up in Calgary watching the Flames. Mm-hmm. Theo Fleury is a small little guy. Yeah. Although he's a righty, I'm a lefty, but the tenacity. Uh, you try and look at every guy and see what they've got going on and but for me Bobby Orr because my dad I think maybe played in a big factor but yeah. he was yeah he just like everybody else say revolutionized hockey does the fact that for people that don't know Curtis played defense most of your career and your most of your life so yeah. and then when did it change for you being a forward so I grew up playing um, so I grew up playing forward when I was young not not a lot uh, I played a year when I was I don't know or something like that as a D-man. Then I played a couple more years as forward. And then when I went to uh, Midget and played at uh, the Edge School, which is kind of like a Shattuck in Calgary, okay, yeah. something the same idea. They're trying to do that. And they've got a really great program there. 
I had to play a DFU games when we played in the rural Alberta Midget League, which is like the AMHL, but it's you're in the middle of legitimately nowhere in Alberta. <laughs> and you're playing in like, you know, oh God, Lane right. Oh yeah, it was bad, it, but it was good. It was that was a war. Those games were literally hack and whack. It's farm boys beating up, beating up city slickers. That's what it was. Um, but um, I learned how to play D there from a couple of my coaches, uh, Jeff Hill and Jason O'Leary. Jason O'Leary is actually coaching in uh, East Alone right now. Um, so they helped a lot. I learned how to skate backwards basically from them and, and everything like that. And then I went to junior for a year, played a bit, and. We had a guy get a concussion, and unfortunately for him, it was a not a good one. And I had played some D before, and our coach came to me and said, "Hey, <laughs> where'd you can kind of skate backwards? You want, to, you want to pretend to play D for a year?" <laughs> so I did. I, I got lucky that we had uh, our goalie, who was in North Dakota, uh, committed to North Dakota, was our goalie. So he was he knew we were good for a breakaway against the game because I was not going to be playing too much good D. <laughs> um, and we had a, a line of five guys who basically played all forward. No, no defense, but I figured out how to make it make do. And then Anchorage recruited me as a D-man uh, and a forward. And I played three years as a D-man in college hockey till I was 23. In my senior year, they flipped me after eight games to forward because it just wasn't working. I guess my D time had run out. I was it after that. It was over. Like, okay, your clock stopped after this. In the senior year, you can't play D anymore. You just don't know how to skate backwards. It's good enough. And so I flipped to forward and then... Uh, Ever since then, I've been mostly forward. A couple games here and there, you play D. I've played in Dundee for a year, and partway through that year, I had to play about a month and a half with D again. So I had to learn how to skate backwards all over again. But, utility, uh, yeah, a, little, a little bit of utility. Some some guys will probably laugh if they ever hear this, but uh, yeah, I played a little D, good or bad. <laughs> some guys made the joke, lineability. <laughs> lineability is out there, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a that was a good one, but yeah, no, I used to used to try and play in the back end. That's crazy. Yeah, it was fun. It's a lot of fun. I don't think I can. I can. I can skate backwards, but I can't play defense. I I can't understand the the gap zone. And it's I'm, hard. I'm terrible at it. It's so hard to like, read, make that read. It's really hard. Like it takes a long time, and I don't even know if I can figure it out yet. I'm good. I'm good at hip checks, but, but you got you got the hip check down. Right? Yeah. There's about three hip checks you throw this year. <laughs> One you missed, but I thought you were going to absolutely oh. drill the guy. I thought he was going to be a yard set out there, but <laughs> fortunately he skated by. But you got that hip check down. I can't wait to see another one. All right, now we just got a couple funny questions. Right, just a more learn. I guess not very not learn about your character but just see what kind of guy you are so oh god here we go first one i'll ask is just uh you only have one one way of tran- uh, transportation um it's either you ride a donkey to where you want to go or you got to ride a giraffe where you want to go which one do you pick <laughs> that's a good one uh you know what the donkey and i see eye to eye so i'll probably ride the donkey him and i are gonna be good buddies i can't even get on the giraffe like he's gonna, to climb his leg you know look at me like is this an ant or like what is this thing you need a couple of ladders a couple of ladders to get on that thing you know what so I'll probably hang out with the donkey him and i are gonna be best buddies workhorses right workhorses Work horses. Uh, next one um it's a would you rather so would you rather have to eskimo kiss every person you meet for the first time that's like meeting them for the, um, yeah, for first Everybody, time. Everybody, yeah. Everybody. Or um, get a wedgie every time you see someone wearing the shirt color pink. Oh, boy. 
As a guy who's gotten a few wedgies from his older cousins, <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, they weren't very pretty. You know, the atomic ones or whatever. Oh. They, yeah, those were not fun. I'm gonna have to go with you know what? Asking what kiss is never a bad thing. Just get to say hi to everybody. You know what? Everybody's. Everybody's a good person. Let's go. Probably probably the Eskimo kiss on that one. Lineability is a lovable Line guy. Lovable guy. There we go. Lineability. All right. Two more. All right. Uh, Desert Island, you're only allowed three items. Three what items. What are they going to be? Sailboat. Sailboat. Sailboat to get the hell off of there. <laughs> uh, suntan lotion. Oh, that's good. So I don't burn. <laughs> Because I, I am beyond burnable. Like, 15 minutes in the sun, I got a, almost a grade three burn. Um, oh, God. And the last one. What the heck would I bring? Shit. Ah. Uh, you know what? A case of Liesl. Yeah. case of Liesl. A German beer from Bavaria. In case everything went sour, I could just have a couple <laughs> brews. And you know what? Hey, it is what it is. That's, I don't know. I don't know what I'd pick. I'd probably pick a, like a an axe right away, so I can either kill something or chop. Yeah, that's right. Whatever. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably good. have a boat in case and you go fishing. Yeah, there you go. Make make shaft a shit. Um, make shaft. Shaft pole. <laughs> shaft. <dude. laughs> uh, I don't know what the last one would be. All right, fishing rod. One. There you go, fishing rod. Well, you make it. Yeah, but you make. But you need to line it. You need it. You need a you need a hook. No, you, you just gonna fasten one out of something? Make it out of tree bark? I don't know. I don't find know something. We gotta go. We gotta watch Castaway again. Yeah. Figure out what the hell to do. <laughs> you mean Andrew Shembry? <laughs> Let's watch Andrew Shembry and see how he figures it go. Uh, all right, last question here. Uh, you have one song that you can only play for the rest of your life. Oh boy. Oh boy, that's a tough one. Um, oh boy. It's a good question. Uh, there's so many good songs out there. I'm a country guy. I love every music, every bit of music, everything, uh, every genre. But uh, my go-to is country. <sighs> Shit. It'd be the. It'd probably be, probably be the bull. Kim Moore, the bull. Yeah. Or well, you know what? There's that one or Dirt Road, but both are good. Life bull. Ah, the bull. Yeah, ah, the bull. I was gonna say you look more like the dirt rogue. The, the dirt rogue, it is. I, I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind a beer down by, <laughs> down by, uh, down by the river, hanging out with a girl. She's over there. Okay, some little the dog. But yeah, her and I hanging out, having a few beers. Yeah, yeah you know what? It's a tough one. It's tough. It is tough. Well, I appreciate. Uh, I think yeah, you're my first interviewee, so I think it went pretty well. I think it went good. I mean, if anything goes wrong, it's because I was on here and I mumbled around <laughs> too much. Hopefully, but hopefully, people got uh, like a different voice other than my little rat voice. Nah, so that's little cool. rat voice. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. So, well, thank you. I ain't no problem, man. Anytime. Hey guys, real quick, are you looking for that classic summer look, or maybe the USA hat style? USA baby made America back-to-back World War champs. If you are, then boy, do I have a treat and sponsor for you. Influenced by the clean and timeless designs of Soda Clothing Company, the classic state identifies and displays the unique culture and lifestyles of each state within our union, providing wearable expressions to showcase the pride you have for the land you call home. Check it out. 
You can see their full collection at www.classicstate.com. All you Minnesotans should know that Soda Company is dialed in and what they make, so go check out their exclusive USA hats at www.classicstate.com. You're not going to want to miss it. I got my own. Go check it out. What an interview. Thank you, Liney, for doing that. Uh, what, a, what a guy. What a, what a hockey player. And um, turning out to be a great friend. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did doing it. So hopefully we can keep on uh, getting some more interviews in the, in the future here for you. Um, something I'd love to talk to you guys about is what it was like for me living in Ann Arbor, Michigan, because uh, when I left home when I was 15 to play for Team USA, I had to move in with a complete strange fa- stranger family um, and call them my own <coughs> family of my own. So uh, how, it ha- how it worked was the USA program, they would find families around the Ann Arbor area that would be willing to accept, uh, you know, a 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kid in their home for the next two years. And luckily, um, I was placed with the Blake Jones family and um, I loved every second of it. Uh, you had Stan the man uh, running the household. You had Lara running uh, the day-to-day plans. And then she had, uh, they had three boys, Jordan the oldest, Ryan the middle, and Kyler the youngest. And let me get uh, this off my chest too. They're all big boys. They're all over six feet tall and make me feel like a peanut. But I still love them and I think they still love me. Um, speaking of that too, uh, shout out to Jordan for your uh, setting the date on your wedding with you and you and the soon to be missus. Um, honored and excited to be a part of your wedding. Um, I think that just shows uh, what those people mean to me and what I mean to those people um, for me to be a part of his wedding. So it, it, it was really difficult the first time, um, first probably week, week and a half to live in a, a different household, you know, different people, um, especially me being a, a Minnesota nice guy, wanting this family that I just joined to be, you know, my family for years to come. And credit to the Blake Joneses, um, they didn't miss a beat and immediately they just felt me made me feel a part a part of their family and i don't think uh for a second they they would they would have regretted it maybe some of the nights where when i was just a little little being a little shit disturber uh (laughs) me and ryan uh egging on kyler uh maybe there's wanted to get rid of me then but um the way i saw it was Jordan wasn't uh, home at the time, so I filled the shoes of Jordan. Um, uh, so, yeah, that was good. <clears throat> um, uh, it was f- so. L- Laura is the most down earth, kindest person ever. Works hard. Jeez, Laura, Laura, Laura do you ever work hard? Um, but so, like I said, Jordan wasn't living at home and. Uh, he called uh, his mom up, and I was in the front seat. And I've never met Jordan, um, never talked to him. And in mid-conversation, Laura was just like, oh, Jordan, here's Kyle. Talk to him. She handed me the phone, and I was like, uh, hello? <laughs> and he was like, what's up, man? 
And I was like, uh, nothing, just going to lunch. And then Jordan's like, yeah, all right, will you give me back to my mom? It, it was just one of those things where it wasn't really necessary, but Laura gets, Laura gets so excited that she wants to do it, and that's just how it rolls, I guess. Uh, our first, the first time I met Jordan was uh, even funnier. Um, it was around Christmas time. He came back from Oregon where he was at, at the time. I had a, a road game in Indiana, so we got back late, late. Uh, and he was still on the different time zone, so he was sleeping on the the couch in the living room, and I had my bedroom upstairs. And I came in the front door. the The TV light was on, but you couldn't really see anything. I just see a head pop up, uh, and I'm I'm pretty much I'm already I'm already sleeping because uh, you know it's a long road trip. It was like five and a half hours, so I get home maybe at like three in the morning. But I see uh, Jordan's head pop up, <laughs> and he just goes, sup. And I was just, sup. And then I just walked upstairs and went right to bed. So that was my first encounter with Jordan. And, you know, um, that next morning, everything just seemed to click. And uh, now we're now he's uh, considered a brother of mine that I'd do anything for, same as uh, for Ryan and Kyler and Stan and Laura. So just all around, they're the... They're the best. Uh, they're my, they're my second family, um, and so generous for uh, offering um, me a room and 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 their love and kindness. <clears throat> um. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird moving into a different family, but um, like I said earlier, credit to those guys for making me feel such a part of their family. Um. Like I said, they're all they're all six foot four, big, big, big um, um, people. But I think they all could kick my ass physically. But I think mentally, I have the edge over Ryan and Kyler, but not Jordan. Jordan Jordan will put me put me in a box and ship me over to Timbuktu. But I still think I have the edge on Kyler and Ryan. Um, and Stan thinks he's in my kitchen all the time because he plays goalie and he always talks about how um, I'm never going to score on him, I'm never going to get a puck past him. When, when in realistic, Stan, I would, I, I guarantee if we did 10 shots in a shootout, I would score eight on you. I'll, I'll give you two. I'll give you two that one hits the post and the other one you make a good glove save. But eight out of ten, I'd score. That's just because I know your five hole is as big as the uh, Detroit freeway. <laughs> but um, that's a quick little shout out to the Blake Jones family, um, and uh, what they meant what what they meant to me at the time, and what they mean to me now, and how uh, how different it is to move away from home at age fifteen, live with a different family, you know, get accustomed to the way they live life, and um, accept them in their life uh, accept them in your life as they accepted me in theirs and wouldn't change it for the world and I have millions of stories I could talk to this day about the laughs and the, the good times we had I had while with them but I'll keep that mainly for my memories but I just wanted to share a couple with you so wow 
Um, so the longest uh, podcast I've had so far. Uh, so hopefully you guys really enjoyed the interview with Curtis. I mean, if you if you guys can still do what you've been doing with the feedback and um, you know any criticism, good or bad, if you want to roast me, go ahead. I'm pretty th- I'm pretty thick skinned I think for the most part. I might fire back a little bit, but I'm pretty thick skinned. Um, and, and any feedback is good. And you know one thing I I really want this podcast to do is you know take off and I I really want to not be as huge and as big deal as spin chicklets and that but i think uh down the long run i'd love to do keep doing something like this um and maybe for either like a, a team organization or or for some kind of company something that would um fit my my um my career my my whatever i have to offer for whoever would want to hear my voice and um i just hope you guys continue to keep enjoying listening to this as much as I'm doing it. I mean, I think I'm getting better and better as the the days go on and getting more comfortable about this. I don't really, I don't really, I don't think, yeah, whatever. It's been a long, long episode. I gotta, gotta mix in some water. I gotta mix in something. I get, yeah, I get, I get, still got practice today, so gotta dial it in, but thank you for listening and uh, listening in. Be sure to get feedback and be sure to share. Share the shit out of it. And all sorts of social media platforms, anywhere you can possibly do it. The more you do that, the more my voice, the more my stories, the more this podcast gets out there, the bigger we can become, the better, um, more people I can get on here and, you know, the more professional I'm going to become. So with that, I hope you guys enjoy your weekend and enjoyed this podcast. See you later. Who knows? I might wind up on the cover of a Rolling Stone With a pair of shades and a Grammy in my hand Just a blue jean boy in a great big world, yes I got my speech already in my head Then I say, then I say, yeah I say Thank you, Uncle D, for teaching me to love my bone guitar. Thank you, girl from Broken Bow, who shot an arrow through my heart. Thank you, Mama, for the roll, and thank you, Daddy, for the rock. Most of all, most of all, thanks to the bulls that bucked me off.